Wretched Radio begins in three, two, one. I want to mourn the old trees and tell them that we love them. I've looked at clear cuts and burnt forest and I've felt outraged. We are the crowning glory of God's creation, and all of nature was made for us. Nature is more productive because of us, not less. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. I was being sarcastic, which is another big word you'll learn in school. What's the word on the street? (laughs) (laughs) Enslavement is the word that's... Well, actually, not on the street. This is Wretched Radio. Lots of people are addicts these days. Why? Because science and medicine, that would be in air quotes, have determined that consuming too much alcohol and putting a needle in your arm, oh, it's beyond your power to control. Why? Because you have a secular word, an addiction. That is a disease model. That means your alcohol consumption is very difficult to control, and it's actually kind of understandable that you can't because, after all, you do have an addiction. That's what Matthew Perry thought. He thought he was absolutely powerless. He said, I'm not one of those guys who can just have a drink and then stop. I can't because... I'm an addict. It is a word that gives permission to continue in what the Bible would call enslavement. As always, we need to reject DSM-5 lingo, and we need to embrace what the Bible says about us. And when we let it, is it going to sting? Yeah. Because if we're doing something wrong or bad, The Bible's going to tag us on it, and it's going to give us a moniker that is sin-based. And you say, well, that's just a drag. That isn't helpful. I would tell you it certainly is. First of all, you need what Billy Joel couldn't find, honesty. You need to know what you're really doing. You're sinning. Furthermore, you need to know You're enslaved to, in other words, you're in bondage. The good news is when we let the Bible define what we are doing, there's hope because God is the one who breaks the chains of, you thought I was going to say addiction. See see how trained we are? We are Pavlovian dogs when it comes to secular psychology lingo. No, he breaks the chains of enslavement. Dr. John Street, one of the single most jovial people on the planet. He is He's a man, biblical counselor. He's out at Masters University. One of the quickest people I know to laugh. He's just jolly. And he wrote at the Masters Seminary a blog titled, Enslaved, a Theology of Addiction. Because you're not going to find the word addiction in the Bible. It's a Latin term, which means, are you ready? A hopeless dependence. Hey, no wonder why so many people struggle with their addiction their entire life. It is a hopeless dependence. How bleak is that? Instead, John Street encourages, think enslavement. You can be freed from enslavement, but not from addiction. Because as the world so joyfully and pessimistically exclaims, once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic, once addicted to 
porn, always addicted to porn. So if you've perhaps been finding quarter in DSM-5 lingo with your porn addiction, you're not addicted. You're enslaved. Now, most men are going to hear that and go, hold on a second. I'm not going to be a slave to something. That is a good thing. That is a good motivator. But you need more than that. And the good news is you have that. What is in you is strong enough to break the chains of your enslavement. You can't do it by yourself. You need the Lord doing it through you. Such were some of you, says the Bible, when it lists a laundry list of contemporary addictions, which the Bible calls enslavements. Such were some of you, past tense. Alcoholics Anonymous, lying. They, they, they tell you, you can't ultimately change. But God says, yeah, actually, you can. When a slave dies, this is good writing from John. When a slave dies, he's finally liberated from the master. In order to be free from addiction, the substance abuser must die to himself. You say, well, what, what is... What does that look like? Well, let's define enslavement. It's an idle relationship with a mood-changing experience. So it doesn't matter what the vehicle is. It, it, it can be alcohol, wine, beer, whatever, or crack. But whatever it is, and it's not really the substance that's the idol as much as it's a mood changer. I, I, I want to be flattened. I want to cover this. I just want to not feel so bad. So you're not addicted really to the bottle as much as you are to a mood-changing experience. Can you, can you almost hear the hope in that? If you read your Bible regularly and go to church, do you hear the hope in that? You want a mood-changing experience. Hmm. Can God help with that? I mean, to the core. Not, not just something that surfaced that wears off when the alcohol or drugs wears off, but that is abiding, that stays with you. God is an expert in mood-changing experiences from John. After drinking for a while, they realize alcohol makes the stresses and difficulties of life slip away. Just for a moment, depressant stimulants, people eventually grow to depend upon this drug-induced escape from reality. And then they become enslaved. Why? Because sin lies. It always lies. It perpetually shades the truth. It offers benefits. It can never deliver. Desires that grow to be more important than being a man or woman of God becomes an idol of the heart, which, by the way, is a really good book by John Street, Idols of the Heart. Any substance that causes desirable brain endorphins has the potential to become enslaving. Hey, Jimmy, have you heard about anything all the kids are consuming that changes endorphins and makes you feel a little bit better on the inside? Have you heard of such a thing? Uh, Rhymes with apple. Apple? Yeah. What's that? A phone. Oh, uh, <laughs> well, I was going to say social media. That, yeah, it, it, there's something about looking at that thing that it just... Oh, this is this is how used to phone usage we are. I was driving just this morning. I saw a guy walking his dog, and I was shocked. 
he wasn't on his cell phone. I'm not kidding. I was like, oh, somebody's actually just, you know, enjoying a walk with the dog, looking around. We can't even walk our animals without looking at a phone. We sit and have a meal, no conviviality, no great conversation. Scroll, scroll, scroll. Why? Because I think it gives you a little buzz. Whatever it is that it fires off in your brain is pleasing. And we would like to say, well, my kid's a little addicted to his phone. Or, you know, I'm a little addicted. No, you're enslaved. You're enslaved to a mood-altering experience. Sex addiction, it's it's the same thing. You're, 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 you're wanting pleasure. You want a mood-altering experience. You go for it. Congratulations. You're going to be enslaved. The ultimate source of bondage isn't the substance. It's the person. It's from the inner man. What you're believing. Do you believe, the, do you believe Jack Daniels? Then you're going to drink it. Do you believe Jesus? You're not. People have more control than they're willing to admit. Because you as a Christian have the power of the Holy Spirit. God created men as worshipers. And any worship that is not of the true God of heaven is idolatrous worship. And instead of presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice, we surrender them because we're an addict, which makes you subservient. That's what a substance does. It makes you a servant, a slave, not to the drug dealer, not to the drug itself, but to the mood-changing experience. There is hope. But thanks be to God that though you were slaves of sin, you became obedient from the heart to that form of teaching to which you were committed. And having been freed from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. That's Romans 6, 17 through 23. Would you like to be done with the mood-altering experience that alcohol lies and tells you it provides? Drugs, porn, sex addiction, whatever it is that that we use to alter our experience, know that you're enslaved, not to that thing, not to the computer, not to the pixels, but to the mood-altering experience, and then realize that God can change your mood. He can help you to feel the way that you should feel, not maybe the way that you currently want to feel, but the way that you should feel, so that you'll have more of that, what is it called? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Those are the moods and emotions that God excels at providing. If perhaps you are addicted, it's time to mortify the term and embrace what the Bible says about you. You were enslaved and then look to Jesus, the one who can set the captives free. This is Wretched Radio. 
you are one of the people who supported our joint effort with the Master's Academy International to get Bibles into the hands of people, you're going to hear a thank you letter from May that perhaps will encourage you that what you did was a very good and lasting thing. I'm one of the recipients of the MacArthur Study Bible, so generously given with the help of Gospel Partners. This will help me in my daily study of God's Word and will inform, instruct, inspire me in my walk with the Lord as well as my service to the Lord in my family and my church ministries. How encouraging is that? By the way, if you're not plugged into the Master's Academy International, everything is about long-lasting impact. They train pastors in 18, 19 countries and many seminaries around the globe so that pastors can fill empty pulpits and preach. That makes a generational difference. You can learn more about the Master's Academy at wretched.org slash Bible, or if you prefer, wretched.org slash pastor. Well, thanks to our amazing gospel partners around here, we have been able to accomplish some pretty amazing things in 2023. This past year, we were able to launch Season 2 of Transformed, we launched Wretched Worldview 2, and let's not forget Season 4 of Road Trip to Truth, plus hundreds of hours of Wretched TV and radio. Now, what's possible for 2024? Well, we are excited to tell you about something new that we'll be starting next year. Can't let the cat out of the bag just yet, but what we can tell you is we need your help in order to make it happen. That's why we want you to prayerfully consider becoming an ongoing monthly gospel partner. And right now through the end of the year, when you do that, every donation you give will be matched dollar for dollar. So join us, become a gospel partner today, and together let's make 2024 even wretched-er. In a good way, of course. As you know, we like to talk about MediShare here because it's affordable biblical health sharing. And I actually saw an ad from MediShare announcing themselves to missionaries. How smart is that? What a blessing that might be. If you're not familiar with MediShare, it's an alternative to traditional health insurance, which means it's alternatively less expensive. The average family saves about $500 per month. It's Christians sharing the health burdens of other Christians. It's a beautiful thing. Whether you're a missionary or not, if in that is a need you have, I encourage you, metashare.com slash wretched, metashare.com slash wretched, or call them and talk to a nice person who's going to pray for you. And they will tell you what your family can anticipate and you can ask questions. 844-34-BIBLE, 844-34-BIBLE. Know your reformers. William Tyndale provided the first complete translation of the New Testament into English in 1526. While he was in prison for the crime of translating the Bible, he continued to translate the Old Testament until he was strangled and burned at the stake in 1536. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Day lady, you've been lied to. This is Wretched Radio. <laughs> what is that? My heart hurts. Why? You whippersnappers. 
do you never study history? That's Jerry Lewis. Lady, uh, Mrs. Girlfriend, I, I knew, making radio. I, I knew that. Jerry Lewis, yeah. Dean Martin. Yeah, I was just testing you. Uh, uh, you know, however, let me see if I can nab this. Speaking of Jerry Lewis and Christmas, it wouldn't be a happy solstice winter Santa festival celebration without this lame bit. New from Laodicea Records, a Jerry Lewis Christmas. Silent night! <laughs> Holy night! All your holiday favorites with that famous Jerry Lewis twist. Hey, ladies! Santa Claus is coming to town! Christmas wouldn't be Christmas without Jerry Lewis. You're a mean one, Mr. Martin. You know, you really are a heel. Order your copy now and receive a bonus copy of a Jerry Lewis Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah! Happy Hanukkah! How can one man sing both Christian and Jewish songs? Does that really matter? No. Get your copy of a Jerry Lewis Christmas today and have a very Jerry Christmas. She played the mom. Hello, <laughs> lady. You have been lied to a lot from two sources, courtesy of an article that I normally wouldn't read because it was found in Vox.com. But the headline grabbed my attention. Why millennials are dreading becoming mothers. Do tell. A woman wrote this article, and while I disagree with a number of her conclusions and solutions, overall, she was a rather level-headed observer of why it is that so many millennials and, of course, Gen Zers, they're not just putting off motherhood, they're terrified of it. And she observes why that is the case, and I think she hits the strike zone on two points. And number one, what what young people are being told about themselves? And number two, what they're being told and not told about motherhood. To the article we go. One of the most viral TikTok videos last year, millions of views, 800,000 likes, is called The List. It's hundreds of reasons to not have children. <laughs> I have to... <laughs> I have to confess to you, I don't think I could come up with 10. It's it's just such a lie that motherhood is horrible. Okay, not that I've ever been a mother, but I know one. And I was a father, and I couldn't come up with hundreds of reasons that being a father is horrible. Here's some of the reasons. Urinary tract infections during and after pregnancy. That 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 can happen. Is that worth not having children? Apparently it is. Back pain, nosebleeds. And number 89, here it is. Could be the most miserable experience of my life. Today, the question of whether to have kids generates anxiety far more intense than your garden variety ambivalence. Rachel Cohen, who wrote this article, is right. When Gen Zs and millennials think about marriage and parenting, that it's beyond like, oh, I'm not so sure about that. It's like, no, it's a horrifying experience for them. And then she goes on to observe why for too many, 
It inspires dread. And repeatedly, even though she didn't kind of express this as one of her major points, she regularly made statements about the fact that so many millennials and Gen Zs are told repeatedly, regularly, over and over again, constantly, we get it already. Self, you live your autonomous life, do everything that pleases you. And clearly a baby could get in the way of that. Motherhood might keep you from that career you've been desiring for so long. And she rightly observes that the generations of self, self-interest, self-focus, uh, makes the idea of an intrusion so absolutely horrifying. Others are still choosing motherhood, but with profound apprehension that will require them to sacrifice everything that brings them pleasure. Boom, shalagalaga. There it is. If that child is perceived as being a killjoy for my fun, they don't want it. What does this have to do with a Christian home? It is a reminder that the world is incessantly pounding on the door of your child's worldview via cell phones, the internet, and telling them, you, you're the most amazing, you're incredible. Don't you let anything or anyone get in the way of you doing everything that you want to do at your convenience. Make sure that you don't find yourself somehow beholden to somebody else serving others. That's why we need to be reinforcing the opposite message. I, I think, Pastor, you might want to consider that this might be, you don't want to smash it into a text. But as you exegete the scripture, there should be plenty of opportunities to bring about, I think, the counter to what is being told to teenagers and young people today. It's all about self. Do you think that we have enough verses that talk about denying self? picking up your cross, putting your hand to the plow, being like Jesus, Philippians chapter 2. We need to counter this incessant message of lies. From the article, there is well-documented aversion many millennials feel about making any sort of commitment. So conditioned are we to have our personal and professional options open. Child, making a child, it's the ultimate pledge. More enduring even than marriages. Well, Marriages should be just as enduring. But did you hear it? Did you hear it? Wait, you might get in the way of my professional option. In other words, it is selfishness that is behind a lack of desire to have children. Now, are there other reasons afoot for other people? Yes. But we're talking about a trend here. Now, she cites TikTok articles. Making womanhood just this having a kid an inequitable nightmare. This year, I stumbled across a New York Times headline that fits squarely into the grim motherhood genre how parenting today is different and harder. Using a Pew survey, the article reported two thirds of parents say parenting is harder than they thought it would be, including one third of mothers who say it's a lot harder. Now, if that's all you read, What's your takeaway? Yeah, it's hard. Now, I don't want to do a hard thing. I want to live for me. But, writes this astute author, but when I went to see the Pew survey for myself, 
It told a distinctly different story. 80% of respondents actually described parenting as enjoyable all or most of the time. 82% said it was rewarding all or most of the time. Low-income parents were most likely to rate it highly. Isn't that the opposite of the world system line? No, you got to work like crazy and get lots of stuff, then you'll be happy. It appears science doesn't support that worldview. It makes you happy to procreate. Despite ubiquitous depictions of moms on the verge of collapse, only a third said parenting was stressful all or most of the time. The data was a far cry from a miserable portrait. Furthermore, there was another study that she cites about happiness. Do you feel happy on a daily basis? And, and, and women would typically say, parents would typically say, their answers were revealing not as much. I'm not as happy as I would be without a kid. But when asked a different question, do you have purpose in life? Is, is life more profound with a child? It is a hearty affirmation that parenting is way more meaningful than just working. The more I scoured elsewhere, the more I discovered positive reasoning in favor of starting a family. There was a book that was written, All Joy and No Fun. The idea that children give us structure, purpose, and stronger bonds to the world around us doesn't always show up in social science data because of the way that they craft their questions. That means women have been lied to, she writes. When I started asking women about their experience as mothers, I was startled by the number who sheepishly admitted after being pressed, yeah, you know what, we, we love being a mom. But they didn't want to be insensitive to some women who can't. Furthermore, they don't want to go against the lie, the narrative, motherhood, poo-poo, bad, thumbs down on motherhood. They don't want to say, it's great. I love it because it would be swimming against the feminist stream. With thanks to Rachel Cohen at the Vox for revealing and exposing the lie that perhaps you've been buying. Perhaps, maybe you've experienced it at home and only your only memories are, oh, it was bad, my parents. And, uh, don't buy the lie. Motherhood, fatherhood, amazing. This is Wretched Radio. And it is now time for a Wretched News Break here on Wretched Radio. I am Jimmy Hicks. Now we start with our buddy Barry. Obama, that is, Barack Obama's Netflix debut, features a post-apocalyptic America where the black hero warns his son not to trust white people in a lawless world. What a lovingly unifying message from our former president. All at the same time, he lectures middle America about divisiveness and white nationalism, but his own production, well, it's just going to stoke the racial fear. <laughs> Rules for thee, but not for me. I guess the Obamas are free to create whatever race-baiting propaganda they choose to do. Speaking of hypocrisy, Dr. Fauci's in the news. Apparently, he thinks he's such a stellar guy that he doesn't need to actually practice the Catholic faith he claims to adhere to. That's right, his self-assist virtue actually overrides silly things like obedience, and he wonders out loud at times why most Christians, and Catholics for that matter, don't unequivocally worship at his altar. Might be confession time, Doc. 
And we shift gears now where a 38-year-old feminist journalist has admitted that she feels betrayed after postponing marriage and kids for career, ending up childless and alone. Yeah, you know what? That is not an uncommon feeling. When you delay chasing what the world claims to be success for what God says is success, you're going to wind up feeling just like this journalist. Turns out slogans like, who needs a husband when you can have a career, actually wind up pretty hollow. Now brace yourself. The media, if you can believe it, has been aggressively, and I mean aggressively, promoting a new neo-Marxist alternative to the Girl Scouts. That's right, these are called radical monarchs, and they're indoctrinating kids on leftist activism. Yep, that's so empowering, isn't it? Politically brainwashing minors. And then at the same time, gloating over gutting the century-old tradition of Girl Scout cookies? I might toe the line on that one if I were you, and that might actually be what starts World War III. And on the topic of radicalism, the president of the University of Pennsylvania has finally resigned this week after intense scrutiny of rampant anti-Semitism on campus. And facing major backlash from a congressional hearing, she realized that enabling the hatred of a segment of people, especially a good segment of students on her campus, might have been a bit too far. But the double standard continues. It may be on its way to being repaired at places like the University of Pennsylvania, but MIT, Harvard, and other universities, it's still alive and well. And that's been today's Wretched News Break. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Books of the Bible. When Habakkuk saw violence and injustice in Judah, he complained to God. God promised to use the Chaldeans to punish Judah. But Habakkuk complained that they were even worse than Judah. God said that he would punish the Chaldeans after using them to purify Judah. God uses all things for his glory and the good of his people, even evil things. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. That's easy these days. They're everywhere, and you perhaps have purchased some of the lies that are being peddled in our society these days, starting with critical theory. Yep, this pernicious worldview, it is alive and well. In fact, it's growing and perhaps flourishing on university campuses, some of the big ones, like Harvard. University of Pennsylvania. Don't know if you saw the Senate hearing where there were three university presidents, count them three, who were asked the exact same question and they failed to answer them. Why? Well, first of all, they themselves are liars. Furthermore, they are having to peddle the lie having to keep the falsehood alive that any time somebody is considered oppressed, then it is game on. They can do anything that we want, and we need to side lock, stock, and barrel with those who are oppressed. And all you need to do is make the accusation, this people group is oppressed. Therefore, they can do wicked things. Of course, I'm talking about Hamas and Israel, and that we see a war that is being waged by the religion of peace to wipe out Jewish people. And they are finding a sympathetic ear in the West on university campuses because so many kids have bought lies 
that if it is oppressed, then you can retaliate any way that you want to, even violently, raping, murdering. That's fine, as long as you're oppressed. And then, of course, they bought the other lie that, that Palestine is actually oppressed. Thought you might enjoy or be tortured listening to a whole lot of lying going on. Does M- At MIT, does calling for the genocide of Jews violate MIT's code of conduct or rules regarding bullying and harassment? Yes or no? If targeted at individuals, not making public statements. <laughs> oh, man, Scylla. I wonder, you'll, you'll think this thought multiple times. If, if we make general statements about other people groups besides Jewish people, as long as it isn't targeted at an individual, it's okay. Who are we kidding? Yes or no? Calling for the genocide of Jews does have, not constitute bullying and harassment? I have not heard calling for the genocide for Jews on our campus. But you've heard chants for intifada. I've heard chants, which can be anti-Semitic depending on the context, oh. and calling for the elimination of the Jewish people. Wow, it depends on the context how you call for the elimination of the Jewish people. Hey, Jimmy, if I got you a big old box of crack, put you in the quarter, could, he, could you come up with some of those contexts for us? I'm not quite sure I could. Yeah, I don't think so either. So those would not be according to the MIT's code of conduct or rules? That would be um, investigated of, as harassment, if pervasive and severe. Ms. McGill at Penn, does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Penn's rules or code of conduct? Yes or no? Speech turns into conduct. It can be harassment. Yeah. (laughs) These are the presidents of major universities. Uh, Hey, there's some good work being done at these schools. There's no doubt about it, but it would appear that the leadership, at least embodied in these three women presidents of the universities, thoroughly woke, peddling the lie of CRT. I am asking, specifically calling for the genocide of Jews, does that constitute bullying or harassment? Directed and severe or pervasive, it is harassment. So the answer is yes. It is a context-dependent decision, Congresswoman. It's a Jimmy, you come up with any of those contexts yet? <laughs> Not yet. Well, do, take more crack. Context-dependent decision. That's your testimony today. Calling for the genocide of Jews is depending upon the context. That is not bullying or harassment. This is the easiest question to answer. Yes, Ms. McGill. So is your if testimony it, that it, you will not answer? Is if the yes speech or becomes no. if the speech becomes conduct, it can be harassment. Yeah. I wonder if we could do that with some other people groups that perhaps love the rainbow as a symbol of their cause. If you dead named somebody on a university campus, you would be drilled right off the campus because you didn't use the correct pronoun or the name that they prefer. That's a big no-no on university campuses. But apparently, you can call for the death of Jewish people, and that's somehow, in particular contexts, okay. Conduct meaning committing the act of genocide? The speech is not harassment? This is unacceptable, Ms. McGill. I'm going to give you one more opportunity for the world to see your answer. 
Does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Penn's code of conduct when it comes to bullying and harassment? Yes or no? It can be harassment. Wow. The woman has resigned since this took place last week. And Dr. Gay at Harvard, does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Harvard's rules of bullying and harassment? Yes or no? It can be, depending on the context. What's the context? Targeted as an individual. Targeted as, at an individual. It's targeted yeah, at Jewish students, Jewish individuals. The woman president that you're hearing, you can't see her skin color. I wonder if she would say the same thing if there were a general call for the death of all black people. It would be rightly considered outrageous and criminal and wrong and not protected by free speech. But when it comes to Jewish people... Do you understand your testimony is dehumanizing them? Do you understand that dehumanization is part of anti-Semitism? I will ask you one more time. Does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Harvard's rules of bullying and harassment? Yes or no? Anti-Semitic rhetoric. When it and is it anti-Semitic rhetoric? Anti-Semitic rhetoric when it crosses into conduct that amounts to bullying, harassment, intimidation. I thought words were violence, but not when it comes apparently to particular groups of people. What is being peddled in their lies? The lie of CRT. The Jewish people, because the narrative has taken hold that they are the oppressor, well, then it's okay to call for genocide. Staggering. Absolutely staggering. Here's another lie for your consideration. Decriminalizing hard drugs. It'll be good for society. Well, according to the Wall Street Journal, guess what? It ain't working. <laughs> Go ahead and visit Oregon. People sprawled on sidewalks, fentanyl overdoses, death, no fear of consequences. Great. Portland? Gorgeous. I've never been to Eugene. Portland is beautiful. Yes. Few drug users are taking advantage of new state-funded rehabilitation programs. The idea is decriminalize hard drugs and just get them therapy. That'll work. Here's the stats. Some 6,000 tickets have been issued for drug possession since decriminalization went into effect in 2021. A whopping 92 people called and completed assessments needed to connect them to services. <laughs> it ain't working. Because it was a lie. The only penalty for those who don't call the helpline, $100 fine, which is rarely enforced. You should know the number of fatal overdoses. See, lying ain't nice. Lying isn't good for people. The number of fatal overdoses in Oregon during the 12 months ending in May rose 23%. 1,500 people, fatal overdoses, because the government peddled a lie that we need to decriminalize hard drugs. <sighs> Romans 1, anybody? Overdose calls to Eugene police rose to 823 from 438 in 2020. In other words, it ain't working. For your consideration, we aren't experiencing inflation anymore. And the government 
mandated programs on corporations, pricing, morals, values, injections. It's better for the economy. Check this out. This was at Not the B. The average rent, the average rent in this country is $1,700. That is, I have for your consideration the top 10 locations where the rent is the highest. You get the least amount of space for $1,700. Jimmy, see if you can find a pattern. I'll start at number 10, Manhattan. Number nine, Queens. Number eight, Manhattan. Number seven, Manhattan. Number six, Manhattan. Five, four, three, two, and one, Manhattan. Do you find a pattern there any place? Atlanta. (laughs) (laughs) No. It's in the most liberal, well, one of the most liberal cities in the country. Because those policies are lies. They they don't work. And then they red pill you by telling you that you're the problem. This is Wretched Radio. I would say the Tomorrow Clubs is a wonderful ministry. Kids are getting saved like crazy, not just in Eastern Europe, but also in Africa. And it's so efficient. I was just with Paul and Cindy Marty, and I asked, and it said, in, in American currency, how much does it cost to have a kid come to a Tomorrow Club four times a month? So every single week, what, what's the, what does it take to make that happen? Ready? A buck, one dollar. That's it. The kid comes, they get treats, they get materials that they learn the Bible, they memorize a buck because it's it's all volunteer driven. All those dear ones, they're volunteers. It's an amazing ministry. And if you have a heart for the lost in Eastern Europe, Africa, and you love supporting ministries that are super efficient and biblically sound, I would point you in the direction of tomorrowclub.org slash wretched, tomorrowclub.org slash wretched, and ask how many children might I be able to support per month? Hey, thank you so much for listening to Wretched Radio today and to our ongoing monthly gospel partners. You're the foundation. You're the heartbeat of this mission. You stand firm with us, and it's not just a commitment, but it is a testament to your faith and dedication to spreading the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ to millions of people all over the world. And if you haven't yet quite made the leap to joining us as an ongoing monthly gospel partner, would you prayerfully consider doing so? No gimmicks, no punchlines, no hard here. I'm, I'm not doing any of that. I'm just giving you an honest-to-goodness invitation to be part of a mission that is changing lives all over the world. As we stand firm together, unwavering in this purpose, united in this mission, we are able to make a difference for eternity. Wretched.org slash donate is where you can find any answers to any questions you might ever possibly have on what it would look like to become an ongoing monthly gospel partner. Wretched. Amazing grace. Amazing gospel. I believe in a culture of life. One of the most impactful moments of my life was when I heard the heartbeat of my oldest daughter uh, in my wife's womb and then saw the sonograms of all three of my kids. The sonogram or the the pictures that are taken of babies, still a profoundly helpful tool, which encourages me to encourage you to consider supporting Preborn Ministries. Preborn Ministries and their network clinics, they are giving away free ultrasounds to women, but they do cost something. It's $28 an ultrasound. And just as you heard Governor DeSantis say, his view of life was profoundly changed when he saw the baby 
baby in the womb when you see the form and the shape and the fingers and the heartbeat. Would you please consider supporting Preborn? It's a great ministry of life. It has a high anthropology, shares the gospel with women and with the dads. Preborn.org slash wretched. Preborn.org slash wretched. Titles of Christ. In the Bible, Jesus is given many titles that teach us about who He is and what He has done. Jesus is called the Physician. Jesus healed many physical ailments during His ministry on earth. When He comes again, He will put an end to death and disease and give us spiritual bodies to last for eternity. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. You, sir, are a liar. Why a liar? Your pants... I don't know why that caught me. This is Ratchet Radio. Lies. Of course, they're prevalent. Why? Because the prince of the air is a liar from the beginning. And he loves murdering. He loves murdering things that are good. He loves murdering people who try to look good in Christ. He's a liar and a murderer. And the world loves to perpetuate his lies. That is why our war is against the world system, the flesh, and the devil. And the devil and the world system, they they work hand in glove to peddle lies, shade the truth. Case in point for your considerations. This is from The Conversation. American individualism lives on after death as consumers choose new ways to put their remains to rest. You say, not sure I'm tracking what's the lie here exactly. People who don't believe in God are told this is it. When you die, you're worm food. No point. And yet, what we see in this article is that people know that they're, they're, this can't be it. There's got to be more to this than just this life. And they reveal it by the ways that they are having their bodies disposed of. People in the United States are choosing unconventional ways to dispose of their bodies. Today, fans of music might have their cremated remains pressed into an LP. Um, It's a record. It's the thing that's all trendy again, that you spin the disc with the needle and the cleaner thingy. That's what they want to be for it. Why? Because they don't want to be worm food, which is what they've been told they are. And yet they reject that because there is something inside of the heart of every human being that says, uh, "There's eternity is written on my heart. How's about wannabe astronomers can be shot into space? Cool. Funerals present death as a fantastic personalized adventure rather than something natural and inevitable. What this reveals to me is that people know and they desire to somehow be known in the afterlife. People who enjoyed hunting can choose to have their their cremains placed in bullet casings. Hmm. You can be turned into diamond jewelry. I would think that would take a while, but nevertheless, a trace of carbon remains after bodies have been burned. So companies will take a small bit of it, purified enough to form a sparkly jewel. I think there's a name for that, that there you got two cases at like the department store, the real stuff, and then the fake stuff. So whatever that is, you could actually be a fake jewel. 
because you want to live on. Nature lovers can request that they can be incorporated into coral reefs or trees. Other services will package ashes into fireworks or scatter them during a skydive. How cool. The lie that there's nothing more to life than this life revealed in cremations and the turning your ashes into something that endures. Here's the lie of feminism for your consideration. The most important woman in the world, according to Time Magazine, is Taylor Swift. That's right, Jimmy. The best human being that we could celebrate is Taylor Swift. So I'm yeah. just I'm just gonna I'll make this personalized for both genders. Jimmy? Uh-huh. Taylor Swift. Yes. She's more important than you are. No, 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 no. No, she is. No, not to me. You, you don't get it. She's sexually promiscuous. She has immoral values. Uh, she presents things in a satanic fashion, but she sings and sells lots of records. She's better than oh, you. Oh, well, you know. Hey, lady. When you put it that way. It also means she's the best woman in the world, Taylor Swift. This is this is the lie of feminism. Really? Real, the culmination of feminism is Taylor Swift women winning the Woman of the Year, the Person of the Year Award with Time Magazine. Whew, doggy. Almost, almost makes you long for the days of Ruth Bader. <laughs> it doesn't. But <laughs> what I'm saying is, come on, really? Somebody who lives like that? I actually took the time, Jimmy, to Google. Apparently, the Taylor Swift is very fond of dating people and then writing songs about them. Mm-hmm. She has publicly, at least we know of, 12 boyfriends. 12 boyfriends. Hmm. She sings about them when they break up. Person of the year, right there. That's profitable. Best we got, right there. That's it. Do you think Gloria Steinem would have gone, now, hold on a second, wait. Uh, we were kind of thinking more like smarts and industriousness as opposed to sexualness. I don't know if that's a word. And singing lie from the feminist camp. Hey, women, we don't know how to define them. As long as you identify as one, you can be one. Well, here's some fruit of that lie. Let's go to Dallas, Texas. There was an Irish dancing championship for kids. The U14 2023 Southern Region. Oh, boy. Or oi, oi. OI reactus competitions. Well, they did the they do the clogging. The Irish dancing is what they do right there. And a boy won the girls' division. Hey, cool. And wow, are the moms ever not happy? Dance results show that the child formerly competed as a boy in the uh, Commission World Championships in April came in 11th place. But he's the best girl Irish dancer. <laughs> no difference between men and women. No difference. You, you're gender phobic. Something. All lies. Results show that the boy finished first out of 100 dancers in the girls' competition, making him both a world qualifier and a national qualifier. Uh, people get hurt. Lies lead to damage every single time. 
Japanese people being lied to because they are beginning trial sales of prescription-free morning-after pills. Guess what? The feminists aren't happy. That's not enough. We got to put them in all drugstores. It's just going into some dr- drugstores from the organization that is promoting the morning-after pill in Japan. There are many who say they cannot talk to their parents about possible pregnancy. Lies. What they're saying is parents might disagree, children did, and might not be jumping for joy over it. Therefore, we need to be able to have a pill that can terminate the life of the child. It's going to be difficult if they have to talk about their sexual experiences and concern about pregnancy. So what we've decided to do is terminate the life of a child. It is a lie, lie, lie. It kind of gets me to thinking about what we could do. Was was reading an article. I think they were kind of really hammering David Barton, and and they were they were talking about the what they observed. This was a very liberal person observing how the right gets people stoked up. That just gets them, and we see that, don't we? In fact. The chiropractor that I saw this morning was talking about his dear old dad who consumes Fox News all the time. And he said, I go over there and he's just angry all the time. Yeah, it's, it's because we see the lies. And, 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 and then we're told, we can't stand this anymore. But we're never giving any, given any marching instructions. Maybe, I don't know, what we could do is something that God did. When society was very dark, I don't know, John won anybody? That light invaded the darkness? That light entered into the world in the person of Jesus Christ? I just heard a sermon by Milton Vincent on this subject, that Jesus illuminates who you are. He casts people in two shades. You're either in the light or in the darkness. You're either saved or you're not saved. He's the one that determines what we are. And he's the light that shined into darkness. And when he was here, darkness didn't comprehend it. But to those who did believe, they became the children of God. Maybe, just maybe, as we keep seeing the lies, they're just everywhere, aren't they? And you can get so furious and you want to do something. was reading an article, Christian Post. Eh, I got it here someplace. It was about how to get a conversation started at Christmas time. And I thought, oh, here it is right here. Here it is. Conversation starters to share the true Christmas story. You can talk about the war in the world and say, what do you think will bring about peace? Boom, you're there. Talk about the Christmas decorations. Do you know what that, by the way, the national, the national Christmas tree can now allow Christmas ornaments. They usually just do stars, snowflakes, but now you could have like, the manger and Mary and Joseph and the Magi. They had to push for that, for the Christmas tree. Talk to people about that. Christmas songs. There's so many good ones that get played in stores these days. I wish they weren't, but nevertheless, ask the clerk about, hey, do you hear that song? Do you know what that's all about? Or just ask people, do you celebrate Christmas? How come or how come not? As we live in a world of lies, we need to be the truth tellers. We need to shine the light, and perhaps there's no better time than Christmas time. Then until tomorrow, go serve your king.